Before we start, we need to state that this is for entertainment and educational purposes only. And even though Ketch is a CPA and may weigh in on topics, he is not your CPA and his license is inactive. And finally, nothing any of us say is financial advice. I think is one of the most valuable things you can do. 100% good on the networks. And then just what they need to either do. The world's not ready for this. Also a community do a lot of research. Welcome to Palisade Crypto. Hello and welcome to another episode of Palisade Crypto Podcast. Today I'm joined by Dujo and Keish. And today we're going to be talking about some regulations that are going on in the European Union and some opinions on privacy tools. The EU has been pushing out some drafts of some upcoming legislation, and I know that it kind of shook the space a little bit there with the with the Bitcoin community. There was a what has been deemed a proof of work mining ban that was out there for a little while until uh, EU Parliament decided that they no longer wanted to pursue that after probably hundreds if not thousands of Bitcoin maxis all uh, ran to the higher-up officials that they knew. As of right now, the EU proof-of-work mining ban has been uh, dropped uh, to to the rejoice of many proof-of-work fans, but now we have a new one. This new one is kind of aimed at DeFi and kind of self-custody. The whole law is based around any exchange is now required if you're sending more than a thousand dollars to state where that money is going and they themselves are responsible for verifying those transactions and where they went and making sure that someone on the other end is also claiming that so what that means is there's going to be very little way for a normal crypto user to be able to send money directly to, like, let's say, your MetaMask. Self-custody in your own crypto now becomes more difficult. And been reading up on it, what I would say is a common perspective in the space is that it's almost easier to just say, sorry, we're not going to let you withdraw to your own wallet. You can only trade between us. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that there's a chance that this actually gets passed and that the EUC is kind of a regulation that would probably be a first in this space? To me, this sounds uh, very much like a misunderstanding of of crypto. It, it feels like it feels to me Kind of like the law that was, uh, you know, trying to be attached to the stimulus bill in the U.S., um, where it was like really overreaching um, on what was expected of miners, and um, I can't, I can't remember the specifics, but it, it feels to me like someone thought this sounded like a good idea, and it somehow made it into this draft, and it's probably not actually going to happen. That's kind of like my hot take. Yeah, it definitely sounds like good idea on paper if you're a, you know, a traditional regulator. You're sitting there saying, "Hey, well, there's all this stuff and it's kind of anonymous, right? So, how do we track this stuff?" A lot of the current system is really designed around making sure that 
cash can be trackable. That's where a lot of the, the regs come from. You know, the term money laundering is literally laundry mats you know, set up as front businesses, right? How do you track cash? So in this scenario, the cash is now cryptocurrency. But one of the biggest differences here is that there actually is a reasonable way to track it because even though it's not anonymous, it's pseudonymous. So your digital identity generally doesn't change unless you're using a privacy currency like Monero. At this point, what we tend to see here is that these regulators don't necessarily understand what they're trying to do. I think the regulation as it's manifesting itself is generally being written by people who are advised by traditional financial institutions. So that's that's all well and good. The thing that I would say is the the biggest challenge here is that this is a full and stark reversal kind of from the narrative we've seen over the last six months to a year where, generally speaking, Europe has been more lenient towards cryptocurrency than, say, the United States has. The United States not only has absolutely terrible tax procedures for cryptocurrency, but the regulatory environment has seen multiple chilling effects where the SEC has come out and basically nixed products that exist already in other countries simply because of the fact that they have some sort of relationship to crypto. This is a full reversal of that. And so if something like this does actually get passed in its current form, it could have a very interesting and chilling effect on cryptocurrency at large, given the, the, the large amount of investment that comes from the eurozone. Yeah, I, I actually forgot about what Dujo brought up on the U.S. trying to regulate. Um, I, I forget the dollar amount, but it was basically like if you facilitated in the transaction of a trade, you now had to like report to the IRS like the uh, like social security number of the person and all of this stuff. Yeah, you were a broker. And, yeah, a broker. Yeah. It, yeah, that's right. It classified you as a broker, which is cr like crazy if if you know anything, you know, ab about the space, but like I could see how someone would would say like, "Oh, well, they're basically brokering current like this is what it should be." And that it can actually get as far as like being in a draft of a law is kind of scary. And I I feel like it's the same thing here. Like people had a negative reaction to the idea of money laundering or like funding illicit things or you know, like in Canada, what we saw with people trying to, you know, prevent transactions going to support, uh, we'll call it civil unrest, I guess. I think that, you know, it, it just sounded like a good idea. Like, well, if they're sending money somewhere, we should know about it. Um, you know, was probably like the, the root of that idea, but it just like in practice makes absolutely no sense. Cause I think, I think you're right. It would have the effect of exchanges, you know, who have no way to verify, you know, every 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 possible address um on every blockchain that they sell sell you crypto for um they have they have no way of realistically doing that so i think the effect would be that they would probably stop the off ramps and i you know i don't think that that would actually be the goal of the law but that would probably be the effect yeah i um i i don't think the person creating the law has ever thought about like how these liquidity pools work. And even if I just have $50 in, let's say uh, the curve vault that has um, Bitcoin, Ethereum and USDT in it. I mean that the volume traded through there is like multiple tens of millions a day. So even though I have $50 in there, I'm technically a part of 
tens or hundreds of thousands of trades, and there's no way that I can ever get anyone's information to help report. So it, it's kind of silly, and it kind of shows um, how far away the knowledge gap is between our legislators and what the current market is. It really is amazing to see sometimes the fact that we haven't permeated to the highest offices of the land yet, given just the, the large upswing in the amount of attention and investment coming from the crypto space. I'm not sure where it goes from here, but suffice it to say, the reason that laws like this need to be fought is because of the fact that they could be passed out of sheer incompetence. We did, in fact, see that with the U.S. infrastructure bill, where they passed a system that technically now classifies proof-of-stake nodes as miners. Or sorry, not as miners, but as uh, brokers, whereas proof-of-work was magically excluded at the last minute, showing you the influence of certain tiers within the space right now. But the thing is that the tech is so new and malleable, and it's, it's completely different than the laws that we've seen in the past. It feels like we're still trying to apply the, the current legal landscape to a technological shift that just doesn't fit with it. It's just not compatible the same way that the current financial system is with these regulations. Yeah, it's like they don't they don't even know like what's coming. Yeah. Is 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 what it feels like. Like they like they like can't even uh understand the basics. Um it's that meme, you're the guy in the room and say they don't know what's they don't know what's coming in terms of cryptocurrency and economies and you see the the SEC and FATF over there dancing in the corner. It's like they they don't actually understand it to that degree. I think that's part of it. I think there is, to be honest, a little bit of a sinister motive by some powers. I know Christine Lagarde, the head of the ECB, has in the past stated that her intentions are that this is used for crime and it shouldn't be a thing. So there's there's that type of, I'd say, animus towards it that still permeates the system. So when you combine animosity with what we would say is probably mostly regulatory incompetence when it comes specifically to crypto knowledge... That's a dangerous combination. It could honestly have a chilling effect on the Eurozone past. Yeah, I think it's also really funny, like the discrepancy between what is what is a possible outcome of an actual proposed law, right? That like this could happen. Um, you know, I, I think it's unlikely, but it could happen. Yet, you know, we're still seeing growth in the market, right? Like it's not it's not really spooking everyone, and I think it's probably just because. People are so used to it by now, um, you know, with all the all the you know mining uh, bans, um, you know, the some of the proposed legislation that has happened in the U.S. that you know didn't didn't go anywhere. I think we're just used to it. Yeah, and honestly, we might need to get used to it until at some point we have full, you know, legislative power. Legis- we we won over the hearts and minds. I think we're going to get there. I think the U.S. is trending in that direction, but we do see an example of this on display. That's going to be coming up in the next few months, which is India, which actually did implement a 30% capital gain on crypto transactions, as well as a 1% source deduction. So every send of your currency or swap of your currency has a 1% governmental tax on it, whether you're making a profit or not, and a 30% capital gain. We'll see what happens. We'll see how that affects the crypto space. We know that Polygon, one of the largest players in growing ecosystems, is predominantly based out of India. So we'll see how these laws affect it. Does it cause people to move to different geographies? Is the crypto economy really going to probably maybe start moving to the global south where there hasn't been as much regulation? I don't know yet. We'll see what happens with all of this. But yeah, it's interesting to see 
how these regulations pass. We'll know more later this week because I believe at the latest they'll have to take up this law by Thursday. So I was talking to somebody in the Discord who who has to comply with all these regulations that are going into place. And they were asking me what my thoughts were and if that changed what uh my my preference for DeFi and being decentralized and custodying my own assets. And I I kind of was like, I no. I, I think that reading this article that I'm now going to be prevented or there's a chance to be prevented from moving my funds the way that I see fit almost makes me more bullish on DeFi and makes me want to make sure that uh, the majority of my assets are in my own custody. Absolutely. And I've, I've said it many times, but the, the only thing unique about blockchain technology is the blockchain. Anything that we program on the blockchain usually has a real world analogy. NFTs, you know, they have legal contracts, property, you know, DeFi, we have financial assets, futures, derivatives. They all have a real world analogy or product that exists already. The only thing that makes the blockchain unique is the fact that whatever's running, it's running on the blockchain. And the more we're prohibited from doing that, the more it starts to resemble a tyrannical system because now you're getting the worst of both worlds you're getting blockchain technology which allows for near infinite traceability and none of the immutability of it none of the actual use case the freedom that comes from that distributed ledger so now you basically have a system where the technology is used for evil either we try to use this technology for good or it will be repurposed for evil so that's why these laws are really sticking points for a lot of people in the crypto space yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you Tuesdays on um, you know, this feeling like me feeling more more bullish on self-custody with this type of thing. I mean, I I don't think that it's going to happen, but I think buried in this is a risk that we have seen play out um in terms of people just getting spooked about regulation and actually like implementing safeguards, you know, on top of their platforms. Now, albeit the the actual contracts for like some of these like dex aggregators are still you know you can still use those but like the front ends are implementing um you know things saying like you can't use this if you're in the US i mean i think some of our favorite dex aggregators kind of fell fell to this and i think that um you know there there is a a threat that you know there isn't an outright ban on crypto but it becomes such a burden to use and report accurately um, that you know we kind of lose some of some of the existing user base, um, which just decreases you know the network effects in the space overall and adoption. Um, I, I think that there really is is a threat to to that if if we don't you know have more clarity and uh, hopefully better people making these laws. Yeah, so that that was one of the conversations that I had with him. Uh, guy I was talking to in the Discord, where I was saying until until I feel confident that the powers that are in charge of making this legislation understand the technology and have actually spent enough time to understand what they're creating laws around, I kind of don't trust them to make the right decision. 
The good news, though, about this is that we're combining what seems to be incompetence with poor regulation. This is much better than, I would say, people who know about this space and actively seek its deterioration. I think for the most part, like we were saying earlier, that as time comes, as, the, as these crypto lobbying efforts grow bigger, which they're already growing, I think as time moves on, we will, we will see more and more congressmen who are competent in the space and know the technology that they're actually speaking on. I think since we're early, the worst that can happen, like the absolute worst, is that they can write unenforceable laws. But I think that as they become more competent, we need to be much, much more vigilant, make sure that as they're writing these laws, that those who actually have agendas don't start to take over the process because they know the system, they know how they can be manipulated. So we're early. That's good. We need to keep fighting for appropriate regulation. We know when regulation is overbearing or unenforceable, doesn't make it right. But, you know, these are the struggles that we have to go through. The Internet, we can argue as a whole, act probably doesn't even have a really good regulatory landscape in the U.S. even now. So, And look how that has thrived. So we'll see how it goes going forward. But, you know, nothing here says that I should stop being bullish. The tech is the tech. So this is going to be a bit of a jump here. But... Because we see countries coming down on crypto extremely hard, like, for instance, China with an outright ban, or just uh, not even to hide yourself from the government or something, but to be able to have your transactions be anonymous. What are your guys' thoughts on privacy tools out there? Do you think that they will be helpful in the space? Do you think that they're a negative to the space? Obviously, we we see exploits happen, and the first thing they do is run off to Tornado Cash to hide where they're putting their money. That, to me, is a horrible use of the tool, but I understand that there's no way to stop somebody from doing that. But do you think excluding tax evasion, excluding criminal activity, do you think these anonymizers are a helpful tool or do you think that it's going to put a bad name on the space? It's an interesting one. Not entirely sure, but I think the thing about any system that increases someone's personal freedom, or I, we even could also make the argument financial mobility, you're going to see systems that pop up like Tornado Cash. For a long time, in the world, the Swiss banks, this was what the Swiss banks were. It was, bring your money here. We are neutral in all regards. Switzerland is neutral, which means that your banks are also neutral. And the thing that keeps our banks in business is our reputation for not giving in to anyone and not giving money or funds to anyone. Your information is secure. Your assets are secure here because we're neutral. And we are private, right? There's the humanity is always going to search for privacy. And I think blockchain actually allows for a, an interesting scenario where you can actually make it programmable in a way that it doesn't have any sort of gatekeeping to start. So, I mean, there's many instances where you see people running off to tornado cash and saying, Hey, this is terrible. You know, they, they're using this tool, this mixer to just kind of hide all the funds. But then you also, on the other end, have other scenarios for it's like, for example, what, and this is, this is actually an example that could happen in the real world. What if you are a woman who is in an abusive relationship and you need to separate your funds 
from your abusive partner because one of the biggest challenges with abusive abusive relationships is that one of the two parties is actually afraid to leave financially afraid to leave physically afraid to leave etc cetera, etc cetera. and so in order to get over those things like how do you do that well you start hiding money a lot of the time so tools like tornado cash could actually and i'm not saying this is an actual like high level use case now but they allow for the scenario where someone could actually hide money in a legitimate manner so not all of these use cases are illegitimate when we're thinking about it but still it's like it's it's a tough problem to crack but i think at the end of the day we have to accept that as long as there's people who desire personal discretion that they're they're always going to seek out and build privacy tools for it so i don't think they should be squelched any more than any other type of dap we see on the blockchain yeah i, I heard another example somewhat similar to that like let's say you're in a bad relationship and this is after crypto has mass adoption and we always kind of relate everything to buying a cup of coffee with crypto um what happens if you're buying a cup of coffee with crypto and now people can start seeing where you frequent what day and time you normally go to that coffee shop at some point it you almost need to anonymize that data just so you can live your life and when when you report your taxes maybe you give the keys on over maybe that's just the normal thing you do now so that you can prove all these transactions happened and your wallet address is just kind of uh, a secret and if you want to have something like an ENS domain uh, that that's on on you to publicly display that info yeah, one of the biggest benefits of blockchain is the fact that there is a distributed ledger that can be validated by multiple parties. So in many ways, you're already giving up so much privacy that you already have. And the the notion that these privacy tools are just like, you know, it's all money laundering. It's all terrible for the system. It's it's awful. These people, have they ever heard of cash, you know, greenbacks, smackaroos, whatever you want to call them, these things that have existed for hundreds of years that allow you to privately transact with other people without anyone else knowing. And oh, by the way, they're sanctioned by the government. Cash has existed. If we buy that this is digital cash, we have to accept that to some form or facet there will be digital privacy tools to give back some of that privacy, which was already lost by the fact that blockchain exists. We need to have a public ledger for blockchain to exist. So it's already more public than most people's transactions ever. This, if for someone who wants to track the system, this is a net positive for them already. The fact that these privacy tools exist doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. It's not like a deterioration of the morals of the society. Cash has almost always been the number one vehicle used to hide transactions and to, um, and to facilitate illicit activity. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle here, I guess. I mean, I... I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but cash actually does have, uh, you know, you know, some some form of tracing uh, via serial numbers, right? So like, it's not quite equivalent. Um, and I, I, you know, I definitely do think that maybe it is a little too easy to, uh, you know, get to Tornado Cash and completely anonymize, um, you know, as far as we know, completely anonymize your uh, your transactions. I, th I I'm more, I think I'm, I'm on the fence on the tornado cash question. I am, uh, I think what you brought up Tuesdays is very intriguing in terms of just like public 
transparency. I mean, I think that could definitely be an issue um, that is going to need to be solved uh, because, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like, you don't want someone to be able to basically look at your transac- transactions and know exactly what you're what you're doing day to day, just for like you know personal safety reasons. You know, if they can, if people can see all of your assets and know where you are, <laughs> that's that's definitely definitely a risk, uh, and it's absolutely something that you can see right now for from anyone who's not like explicitly trying to hide what they're doing you know you can follow you can follow the transactions all the way to you know the on ramps and off ramps um so that's 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 something i'll have to think about yeah it's such a nuanced position in some areas in some areas it's just flat out you know you're never going to stop it like it's so hard to it's so hard to like take a a moral position on it I think a better position would be take would be some sort of policy position, but I don't I don't know if there's a policy framework for this yet. Yeah, I think there'll definitely need to be a way to hide transactions, but still maintain, you know, some form of trusted reporting, right? Like, and I know that like zk rollups and uh, you know zero knowledge uh, types of tech will to some extent allow for that to basically like prove that you have assets but maybe not exactly show what they're doing. And that's going to be really important. I think uh, the more, you know, enterprises and uh, institutions adopt crypto um, for things, not just related to finance, um, but, you know, the inner workings of, you know, their uh, tools that they build on, on top of the blockchain, you know, you, you wouldn't want to, you know, have like MEV uh, type of scenarios for like, specific dApps that people develop uh for like you know the internals of their companies and things like that like i i feel like the more adoption there is and the more kind of like novel use cases there are um there's going to be a lot of technologies that um you you will not want to see like you will not want to broadcast i guess we'll say like the inner the inner workings of yeah there's there's definitely going to be someone listening to this who's just absolutely screaming at us monero but i mean the challenges with man and narrows, I guess, is when your ledger isn't exactly you know, completely transparent as well. There's very real challenges to actually building an ecosystem where there's no transparency. So it's it's a trade-off. You know, the, the the benefits of blockchain is a distributed, immutable public ledger tied to a blockchain. So that's that's that that's the benefit that we seek here. So there's a certain measure of privacy, I think, that people should be willing to give up to participate. But there's also a very specific level of privacy that people should expect with their feelings on the blockchain. You know, I, th- I think that privacy is important. And in some ways, pri- blockchain increases privacy. In some ways, it decreases it. But overall, like it's, it's a battle that's always constantly going to be waged in one direction or another. There's always someone who can monetize your data. Well, to wrap up this episode, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on uh, the market at hand. We've Let's see, today is the 29th of March, and we've experienced quite a bit of run-up on Bitcoin in the market. Do you guys think that we will continue to hold these and or go up, or do you think we're going to see a correction back down? Dujo, how, how are you feeling about the market? Yeah, definitely a little surprised. Um, I honestly, like I was, you know, we were kind, we've kind of been, uh, 
stabilizing, you know, out like there was a bit of a triangle forming uh, for the past uh, several weeks. And uh, I thought we were going to kind of bounce off that uh, 20-week EMA and go down. Um, But to my surprise, we just kind of broke through. um, And, you know, I'm... (sighs) I'm still a little cautious, you know, I I'd like to, I'd like to see us come back down and test support at the 20 week. Um, I think that would be like, then I would really start to think, uh, that things are turning around. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on it though. I, I kind of think that we're, you know, we, we really corrected down, um, uh, back in, when was that? November. Right. Um, and you know, we kind of have stabilized and I think maybe we're just, you know, popping up for a little while and then we'll probably kind of even out. But overall, um, I'm pretty happy, uh, with, with where we're at, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. Savory, what about you? How do you feel the market's doing? It's going to be interesting, I think, because we're also seeing a run up in the stock market a lot of this seems to be related to the softening of the negotiation tones between Ukraine and Russia. So I'm not necessarily sure where this takes the market, but presumably speaking, a cessation in conflict could be a bullish indicator. But at the same time, we're also seeing rapidly rising mortgage rates, rapidly rising just like bond rates. We see we see basically bond bond prices themselves are falling quite fast over the last few months. So I'm not necessarily sure where we're going with this. There's a lot of indicators that suggest that there is some sort of slowdown or recession coming in the market, but I'm not sure where it will start. Presumably speaking, a war followed by, well, a war that started then stopped, followed by the cessation of almost all COVID restrictions over the last four or five months could have a severely bullish effect on the economy. Inflation. I it's it's wild to think that we are where we are. I think we're going to go sideways and then down for a little while, but I don't think it's going to be protracted or too long. I think if if we get to a point where the market seems to think that there is no more war in Russia, I think that could easily um, just cover another 50 basis point hike coming from the Federal Reserve. So there's a lot there, but I think the market is going to be washing back and forth until it gets a real clear picture of what this post-war looks like. So what do you think, Tuesdays? I'm actually still pretty bearish on the market. I don't think we've actually gone low enough to be a spring before we head upwards. Uh, so I kind of, I I view this as a little sucker's rally, maybe a little dead cat bounce, and I think we're going back down, but hopefully I'm wrong. So it seems almost all of us have... Uh, consensus on what we think it's sideways down is basically what we said dujo not liking the fact we still haven't tested the 20 week me thinking the macro picture is just completely volatile and you thinking it's a sucker's rally we're on the same page just with different reasons well thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of palisade crypto podcast be sure to check us out on twitter at palisade crypto and our website at palisadecrypto.com where we've been actively writing some opinion pieces and some blog posts and some how-to guides. So be sure to check out that content and also join the Discord and come be a part of the conversation with us.